The Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E, the official realtor of the process. His cell is 302-864-8643. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged and kinetic skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, training camp has come and there is a video floating around that may be Dockaganda of Doc and James Harden. We will discuss that that video and audio. Joel Embiid officially becomes a U.S. citizen a, fi- a few months after I think he became French. So I guess he's both. We decide whether Zach Lowe should be banned after his Nikola Jokic defense in the last pod. And we are two days away from the Sixers' first preseason game of the 22-23 season. A quick note about South by South Brett. Brett. Somebody said breast in the fucking chat and it was in my head and I said it. South by South Brett. Uh, fly the process this year, which is to Austin and San Antonio. We've been getting a lot of emails and uh, sent to Joe as well about, um, well, can I book my own travel and still buy the package? And the answer is yes, of course. But what I would say is if you are coming from the Philadelphia area, please just book it with fans of Philly. Like they... Uh, they don't like make very much money on this entire thing and it makes it easier uh, and, and better for them. If everybody like fills up all of the, the flights they've reserved and hotels they've reserved. So you're probably not going to save any money at all if you do it on your own. Now, if you're coming from someone else, somewhere else, whatever, but my humble request to you is if you're coming from the Philadelphia area, please don't be difficult. Just book through uh just come with the group and book as everyone else does. Uh, kinetic skateboarding. I mentioned we were sponsored by Kinetic Skateboarding today. Uh, boy, I've mentioned it before and I'll mention it again. We're heading into kinetic season. First of all, uh, as we get into winter, they are your snowboard headquarters as well. So if you're a snowboarder, you need a, a tune-up, you need a new board, whatever, you go to Kinetic. But the the clothes at Kinetic, I believe, are made for the fall and the winter. The sweatshirts and hoodies, the uh, the sweats and pants, the sneakers, all of that stuff, just fucking great stuff that you are not going to find anywhere else, especially the sneakers you're not going to find anywhere else. Go to Kinetic Skate, even if you're not a skateboarder. I'm not a skateboarder. I shop on there all the time. Go to KineticSkateboarding.com and use promo code Dave Silver for 9.1% off your first order. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who likes going places, but doesn't love going there. That is one Mike Levin. Hello. Here we are. Here we are. We're We're out of August and we're into October. We're so close, buddy. We're so close to another season. The, the, The dread and excitement of another Sixers season with expectations. Can I give you, can I ask your percentage, if you were to divide your feeling up between dread and excitement from a percentage standpoint, where, where are you feeling? I haven't fully gotten um, incepted by the training camp propaganda yet. Mm, okay. Um, that will continue. Okay. So right now I'm 30% excitement, 70% dread, but okay. I think in about a week that will have flipped. Okay. Um, 70%. There's a couple things I'm liking training camp. I'm not, I'm not saying nothing is right. swaying me, but it's 
we're we're not quite there yet before before I uh I become an absolute idiot. Before we get to training camp and there was a uh the the first everybody get excited video which I believe was the Doc Rivers James Harden video which we'll get to in a second. I want to thank Zach Lowe for coming on the pod spending an hour and 20 minutes with us at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, you could see it. You could see him fading toward the end. If you watch the pod, he was getting very tired. He did offer a defense of his Nikola Jokic MVP vote. He even, while he was offering a defense, tried to distract us by saying that we should be going after the Giannis voters, perhaps, and not yeah. him, the Jokic voter. I, How do you f- I could see him wither, withering away at my argument. I feel like my argument of fairness. Fairness. And just general reason. I think if you watch the, if you watch the video, you could see him be like, oh, actually, Mike's right. He might not right. have said those words, but his body was screaming it. <laughs> so I can't remember if we banned Zach after he... He voted for Jokic. What, like, what do you think Zach's status on the pod is? Is it a sharp level ban where he is banned, but he's still on the podcast two or three times a year? Is he banned, banned? Is he not banned at all? Where do we put Zach in the in the sort of banned spectrum? I mean, I don't have a handle on what banning someone means if they are al- allowed and welcomed and thanked. For on the podcast. On yeah, right, right, the right. The podcast, yeah. Okay, that's fair. So the the list, I, the list of like who's actually banned. What is that? Who's on that list? Yeah. Okay. So Doris Burke is banned. <laughs> um, Andrew Sharp but, is banned. My, but Sharp's not dad. banned. No, he's banned. He's on the list. But he's on the po- who's banned banned from coming on the podcast. Okay. Uh, Doris Burke. Um, I think Bill Simmons is banned. Yeah. I think. I think. Uh, Jesus Christ, I can't remember. Yeah. Because it's because like Kevin O'Connor was banned and then unbanned. Like, right. We really, we got lax. Danny Chow, I believe, was banned. Uh, Danny, Danny's out of sports media now. <laughs> He's Sweet so guy. Bad. We banned him. We kicked him right out of the. Uh, I miss Danny. Anyone um, else? Uh, I'm trying one, to remember. There's the one secret ban. There's the secret ban, which people have guessed. Uh, I will say people have guessed correctly and incorrectly in emails and DMs about the secret ban, which has never been revealed. I don't even think it's ever been hinted at. Because the secret ban is yours. Dorisberg mm-hmm. is definitely yours. Yep. Um, Danny Chow is your ban. Sure. With, I ban, <laughs> a ban with love. Um, Bill Simmons is a group ban. Yeah, but, but I think more me. Right. Well, f- remind us, remind us Could, if there's anybody else that we banned. Yeah, because I did a whole, at, at the last live show, I believe I did a whole poem about the band list. And I, I just, I, I have the art somewhere. I'm sure somebody, somebody watching on YouTube has it. In any case, so the Sixers, or I, I guess was on NBA TV. I don't know if it was on NBA TV or just on the internet, but they had the entirety of their practice uh, streamed the other mm-hmm. day where, where people could watch. And the, I was, that happened while I was working. So I was not able to watch it and it didn't look like it was, um, archived anywhere, but the, there was one video, a two minute, 20 second video of doc rivers and James Harden speaking to each other after a, like a, look like a scrum or a, like the, he was talking to all the players and then he walked away with Harden that gained a lot of traction on the internet. And I wanted to play that, um, and get your reaction to said video. I wonder if CJ is, is planning his road trip or, or getting this ready. I can't quite tell. Here CJ's we go. On a train. We're going to have court tomorrow. No fool. I'm just going to stay on you because I get what you're saying. All right. I want you to hear me first. I get it a hundred percent. But what I'm trying to get Joel first is to establish himself, be a better post player. Yeah. Then I, we were a horrible, would you agree, a horrible post-passing team last year? Worse. Horrible. All right, so our objective is getting that first. And that's why you got to have the right spirit about it. And you got to be a leader. Like, motherfucker, get them to do it right. And then what we got to get great at, just because we're looking for him, if they're two guys in the paint and we swing it, don't throw it. All right. And then what I got to get y'all right on is when the road, when the pop, 
when you got the ice. And that's what I was saying. You and him, y'all got to get a communication where y'all listen to each other, right? If you want it, like I thought that last three or four times, you wanted it. We got to get you in what you want. Like, you can't just say you're a facilitator. I need you to be a scorer and a facilitator. And it's going to take time figuring it out. But we need you to be the aggressive James that you were those last five minutes. Yeah. And it's going to come. It's going to take a while. But when it clicks, James, we're going to be unbeatable. Unbeatable. All right? But you got to keep your spirit up. And then when you see someone else's spirit, right now, who else is struggling mentally a little bit? To me, it's... Tobias and Tobias. Right. Right. And so we got to get them going. But we got to establish Joe and you it's a pecking order this ain't a democracy it ain't a democracy well, well you've been the president I know what's going on but, but I ain't the but, president no more no yeah I just know I, I know like when I start like if I don't if I'm not like I don't, I don't, if I don't have the ball in my hands, not even like saying like that though, but yeah. I just know how like valuable I am. It's not even like scoring, but just the pressure that I'm yeah. on defense is to where I can draw two to three people and get Tyrese easy shots. Get, right. even, get, even get Joel eight points a game when yeah. I have to, have to do all that. I have to fight for it. You know what I'm saying? And that's when you got to, y'all going to get to the point where that's natural. Yeah. Right now, everything is forced and unnatural. And, and everybody feel like they're trying to go get it. So yeah. Like, and the only two I want to try to go get it are you and Joel. Yeah. The other ones we will figure out. All they right. Don't get it off us. Uh, too. All right, so I have two questions for you about this because I have a, a, I have a thought about the second question. Not really, I thought about the first question. First question is, did, is that a, a conversation that Doc Rivers has because he knows he's mic'd up? Is that a natural conversation with Doc Rivers? And then the second question is, is it a concern or a encouraging that Doc is basically telling him that he has to be aggressive in the f first or second practice of the year. He's telling him we need to be aggressive, James. And it seems like that, like it almost seems like Doc is telling him that Embiid has to be the focus of the offense almost than rather than what James wanted to do. So I guess the first question is, is, is that a natural conversation from Doc Rivers, do you believe? Or is that a mic'd up conversation from Doc Rivers? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that you can extricate it from the fact that he is mic'd up and he's aware of that. And so maybe there's things that he's not saying that he would have said otherwise. But I don't think this is a conversation that like makes him look like crazy good. I don't think right, he's right, like right. saying like he's not being like, and look, I donate to charity all the time and I give people I, I'm, I'm kissing babies. All, he's not just like this is right, a, right, this right. is an on topic conversation okay. to have. And I don't think I think necessarily like this is just very emblematic of Doc to me. Like this is this kind of like. This is what makes Doc, I think, a coach that some players really like to play for. And in some ways is frustrating because of the like old school nature of it. Um, and I think Doc like simplifies the game in a bunch of ways that some people like and some people, I think, make him beatable in the playoffs and stuff. Um, I, I really liked what, um, what Harden said about I can get, I've been, what I've been asking for, what I've been asking for for years is like getting Joel like eight easy points a game. Like those kinds of like without him and, and Harden like did the impression of like doing like the back to the basket like shimmy. It's it, making it easier on, on Joel and getting him easy looks is like the, is the thing. So that, that was, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that he's thinking about it. But I, I wasn't concerned about like the aggressiveness. I think this is early in practice and going like Harden's trying to get everybody involved. And I think Doc is trying to like already set the tone for like what the offense is going to look like. Um, and when all five of them together, I think it's Doc wants him to be a threat. And Harden's right; he is. He does draw the defense. I don't know if he does it any more as much as he used to. Right. Um, but it, that wasn't. I, I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily crazy concerned or crazy impressed by on either end of it. I think that's all fair. The thing that that I think will be most interesting. And the thing that stuck out to me and that any, any NBA team that has two, essentially two primary scores, which is what the, the Sixers have, or, or two players who are used to being primary scorers on their team in J, the focus of the offense is that Embiid has been basically the sole focus of the offense for the entirety of his career. And James Harden has been the sole focus of the offense for the entirety of his career. And James Harden is so used to the entire, both players, um, the entire offense sort of like 
him being the sun in the offense and the, the, like every, everyone else sort of like circling around James and everything goes around about James and every, and whether he has one, the, uh, the understanding of where he is in his career. And it can't quite be that way anymore with him just sort of like standing there and, and, uh, in an ISO or a pick and roll drawing and blah, 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 blah. Like, cause he, he can't really do it anymore. I, I think we would all agree. We, we think he can't be that sort of guy anymore. And second, um, whether he like is capable of doing something other than that and being useful on the floor. Like, obviously, if if the ball gets kicked out to a wide open James Harden, who's not like super comfortable off the catch or whatever, but like this seems like a fine play or cutting or whatever it is. But this will not, this is not like any other offense he's ever played like Joel Embiid is different than every other player he's ever played with in his entire NBA career. And yeah. I just wonder if, if his brain at this point in his career is ready for that reset. And I think it'll take a while. It, it won't be like supernatural, but the mix of like what the offense is, I wonder if they're both patient enough and in enough to let the other one like sort of take control sometimes. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, well, I think last, last year was a good, at least, taste of that and so they they have a better feel for each other going into this season and and after this season than they than they did last year and so i do think that it'll they'll settle into something that feels like a rhythm and 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 a pecking order and who eats and all that kind of stuff um yeah i mean i i want i want james running pick and rolls i want maxi running pick and rolls it's 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 when in it's when harden doesn't have the ball in his hands that that we are concerned about what is he doing how's he impacting the game is he willing to make quick decisions off the catch or really quick decisions at all because he just uh, we don't want him sludging down the offense and standing still a lot, which I think he used to do to like conserve his energy. But now it's like well, we don't need you to. We, we I'd rather him play like thirty two minutes and like keep it moving, right. um, and just keep the ball, you know keep the pressure on, keep the ball moving, that kind of thing. Um, I did like hearing like yes, the Sixers last year and every year have been a below average to frustratingly terrible post-passing team to the point where in the playoffs, they couldn't even make an entry pass to Joel mm-hmm. like over and over again. And that was horrendous. And maddening. so, ma- yeah, maddening, horrendous, like trying to find ways to get Joel the ball. Like you got to make them pay for doubling and for being long. I think Toronto made it especially hard on them because of how long and fast and, and rangy and switchy they are. But like we got we gotta be able to get like that's on Joel to like establish better position. That's on the team to make them pay when they're like pinching down and, and, and helping out too much on the post. Like and the Sixers just didn't do it enough last year. You gotta be able to make an entry pass. So I'm glad that they're talking about it. And hopefully like guys like B Ball Paul, who's covering Embiid in practice, and Melton, who's going against the the first team, obviously, and Matisse. Those are the kinds of players that you'd want to practice against of like deny the ball from the post so, so they get better at it and stuff. Because really that was, it's when their offense slows down, all of a sudden Embiid's catching the ball instead of catching it at like 17, 16 seconds and has opportunity to like make a move and then pass out of it and, and all that stuff. He's catching it with like four seconds. Right. And it's, and it's a quick having to make that decision that like that shit matters. And so I, that, that to me is one of the, most concerning things. And one of the things I'm glad that they're working on and, and I need to see improve. So I, I want to, I want you to give me an over under on this and then we'll get yeah. to some other practice notes. The DraftKings over under on James Harden points per game this year mm-hmm. is 21.9. Mm. That's, well, that's it's an under. A, an under? That's an under for me. Yeah. 21.9. I think with Embiid in the high twenties with uh, Maxi in the high teens, Tobias in the high teens. I don't think you can expect. I don't think you can expect Harden to get that to get up that much. I would. My, say, my I would prediction say is this is the lowest points per game Tobias Harris has seen in a long time. I th- that would be my prediction for. Um, and that so then you would based on what you just said, this this seems too high to me. But but I don't know if if Harden creates easy baskets for him. I don't know. Joel Embiid's over under at DraftKings is thirty point one. Wow. Which seems high, right? But well, that's what he was over that last year. Yeah, but um, like so it was reasonable. a different. 
different situation last year. He didn't have James Harden on the team. I guess my question is, does that make his points per game go up or go down? But my, my natural inclination is that it goes down, but it's an easier down or whatever. Yeah, I would say I would say last year he was he he wanted the points uh, title, which is very cool that he got it mm-hmm. uh, to be a center to lead the league in scoring. Like we talked about with Zach, but you know, Yo, Embiid is not only one of the best, if not the best, defensive center in the league. He also led the league in scoring. Like it's, I know that right. that's a very like uh, back of a baseball card way to talk about it, but like leading the league in scoring just fucking kicks ass. It's Joel Embiid, yeah. he's our guy. And being um, a great defensive player, like that's a that's just easy, you know. It's an easy way to tell if somebody's good, you know, or the, or even the MVP. Um, yeah. So I would say I would say under because of how rare it is, and I think that he will defer a little bit more and try to rest a little bit more to make sure he's healthy and ready for the playoffs. Uh, DraftKings also an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Um, if you're a new customer, bet five bucks on any NFL team to win, you get two hundred dollars in free bets. It's easy. Any. NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets. I am a little, the Eagles, by the way, are minus six and a half, which I felt like a little strong to me with how Jacksonville's like playing well this year and like mm. the Doug Bowl and all that. Like, I don't know. I, I've seen a couple of, I saw the a, uh, a stat site say that like the Eagles should be 10 point favorites. I don't know. A little nervous. A little nervous. Anyway, uh, again, use code RTRS for 200 bucks in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. Code RTRS only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I went through Kyle Newbeck, thanks to Kyle Newbeck, Philly Voice, um, for his notes on the practice. He did mention... Um, and I, I think this point came after that. He said the most animated moments of the practice came as the top unit struggled to find ways to get and beat the ball with four out basketball. And Rivers drove this point home for felt what felt like most of an hour during Thursday's practice, with the head coach having numerous conversations about the problem with individual players. During an extended conversation with Tobias Harris, Rivers specifically brought up Philadelphia's post offense compared to how things run in Denver, even mocking Nikola Jokic's running style as he noted how the entire Nuggets team is bought into doing what it takes to move the ball and find their center. By comparison, River said, the Sixers do a whole lot of standing around and waiting for Embiid to be more open than he needs to be. Boy, if they could fix this one, like, honestly, you know, because yeah, he's, he's unguardable when he gets the ball. Like, he gets the ball like 12 or 10 feet from the basket with 15 seconds left. It's just fucking impossible to, to guard him, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of that is, is that just the kind of player Jokic is, like because of the kind of passer he is his teammates to duck's point bought in and right we'll do what it take rather than since Embiid was playing in the post for brett brown like it was like let's just make it easy on him and everyone stands still and it just feels i don't know like the difference between when when ben used to post up for brett it was like okay guys we're moving a little bit and like we could find him and ben has the vision and he's tall enough to see that kind of stuff and Embiid, it was just like don't bring anybody over Right. And I don't know. They, they just, I mean, he led the league in scoring last year. So, like, obviously it, <laughs> it worked in some sense, but like, it's never felt like, God, they, they are, they are with, you know, and Bede gets the ball in the post every couple, you know, he's, he's never going to get the ball in the post every possession, but like, and gets the ball in the post a lot and they are just like punishing them. You do this, we counter with this bucket. We do this. You don't double quick enough, Embiid bucket. Like Embiid can get obviously get fouled a million times, and that's frustrating for opposing teams. But I feel like they never just quite gotten into like a great, great like championship contender with a big man as the focal point of your offense. I feel like they've never quite gotten to that echelon that I, that I think they should get to. And a combination of Embiid being a good passer and decision maker with the ball in his hands in the post, and having enough shooting around him, and having enough movement to like occupy the defense so they can't just pinch down and, and, you know, clog everything. I think that it'd be really nice if they found that this season because they never have to me. Well, I, I mean, I've, I've compared Ewing to, or I've compared uh, Embiid to Ewing a bunch of times, but like one of the things, one of the reasons that John Starks helped the, 
the Knicks is that he, or even Derek Harper at that point, like any ball handler they had knew how to make an entry pass to Patrick Ewing. Like you watch those games and it, it's definitely a skill and it just, it never, aside from the team moving around and creating, like it just doesn't seem like for the entirety of his career that they've had like players who are just good at that singular skill at making entry passes, you know? Um, it just, it doesn't seem like they've, they've had it. So um, here we go. This one was funny from Kyle. There was a moment of real anger and frustration from Embiid over what he thought was handsy defense from Paul Reed. Embiid yeah. opted to slam the ball into the floor was, in frustration. I was, watch, I was watching at this point. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, making it known that Reed had fouled him. It came and went pretty quickly with the Sixers continuing their drill, but it was a good look at what we missed with most practices, completely out of view. Paul Reed's like, is probably the best fowler in the NBA. (laughs) I mean, fuck it. Fuck yeah. You want it. Absolutely doing that. Look, don't don't injure Embiid, obviously, (laughs) but like, make it fucking hard on him. That's what you want to do. That's exactly what Paul Reed should be doing. I'm glad Embiid is pissed off. I'm glad Embiid is pissed off at B-Ball Paul. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. what you want. There was a quote from a few days ago from Tyrese Maxey about something, something, something. Paul yep. Reed's going to foul me. <laughs> well, he said it something was like that, right? Well, it was him saying he didn't want to. Who do you who do not want to go up against in practice? And he said, Paul. Um, so one time he got the ball, and he just passed it out of it because he saw Paul coming at him. And I'm oh, like, great. He said he's going to foul, foul him, which is, you know, the other side of it. But also, like, nobody wants to go against people, Paul. Which is great. Um, uh, what's it called? Bodner had a quote. At camp today, Paul Reed noticed noted that it's, quote, almost impossible to guard Tyrese Maxey. After a brief pause, he added, unless your name is Paul Reed. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I love Paul Reed. I He's love him. I love him. Uh, love B-Bell Paul. Another note from Kyle. DeAnthony Melton is an absolute menace and consistently broke up plays when he was anywhere near a pass. They could have been in transition. They could have been in a half court, but he was there either way. Um, The only thing I keep thinking now that, yeah, I've not watched a ton of D'Anthony Melton. I I know his profile by looking at stats and, you know, what little I've seen of him and so on and so forth. But like you hear things like this and then you look at even statistically his threes per 36 have increased every year. And I think last year he was at like eight threes per 36. Mm-hmm. And I just can't, I, I know there's no way to do it. I, I, I'm sorry to keep harping on this, but it just seems like the best lineup for the Sixers, a closing lineup is Harden, Maxi, and Bede, Tucker, and Melton, and not Harris. I just, I, I don't know what Harris is giving you in that spot that Melton is not. And, you know, like maybe he can guard up to four and Melton's not yeah. going to guard up to four, but, but like you but have so, PJ so Tucker can, and Joel so Embiid on the floor. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, so. I don't, I, I don't disagree. I don't okay. disagree there. I think if the Sixers are up, um, I would, and I would take Maxi out sometimes for defense. I would take Harden out sometimes. Um, I don't think Doc's going to do it, but I would play with that kind of stuff because Melton is a great, like, muck it up type player who can handle the ball a little bit. He's not creative with the ball in his hands, really. Um, he's not an excellent shooter, um, but he's a, he is a guy that can do a bunch of everything and really is an impressive defensive player. And putting him, Tucker, and Embiid on the court together would make it really, really tough to score against. I, lo- I love D'Anthony Mountain, man. I, 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 during practice that I watched, him and Shake were... Uh, laughing a lot together which i thought was cool i think that they that them together is a really nice like bench guard pairing that can play off each other on ball off ball the same thing i think both of them will cycle in with with maxi and harden when they're when they're on the bench really really excited for Anthony mountain man i love him i'm so happy he's here well it just seems like they haven't had a player like him in the entirety that we've been doing the podcast <laughs> do you know what i'm saying yes. like the combination like- of fiercely hounding defensive player athletic and also can dribble yeah even if he's not a lead at it he can just like handle a little bit serviceable stuff and also can shoot and also is willing to shoot 
I think that's the kind of thing we've been like dying for people to develop their games in that way. And he has, and he just has, like, I think he played, you know, he played point guard at USC uh, for one season. He went to, went to Memphis. I was in Houston first, but he went to Memphis and like played it with Ja. And it's like, that's John Morant. You got to be able to fucking shoot the ball when you're playing with John Morant. And he simply decided, okay. And for so many guys with the Sixers, they, they haven't quite, done that and so it's nice to trade for like a ready-made package of a of a guy who's already like the player we hoped so many people would develop into right just the 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 bench player that can play with everybody that does the things yeah. you want him to do exactly and, and the 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 final thing i wanted to, to bring up that this is just sort of like mike catnip this is a this is like my gift to you during the pod yeah in in <laughs> In small doses, I thought Jaden Springer looked pretty good during practice. Some of that is his unit of end of bench guys played a bit harder than the entrenched rotation guys, but credit where it's due. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, there were also, there were also uh, who did I see talk about this? Might have been, might have been Bodner. I don't remember. There, there was a, like quotes about Jaden Springer from like that PJ Tucker was talking about. I think Doc was talking about him saying like he's so young, obviously he doesn't know what he's doing yet. And we, and we got to figure out how to like make him work on the, make him useful on the offensive end because in college he was just like stronger and quick enough and he could just get places. And that's not, it's not really the case in the NBA his, his handle is not developed enough than his shot, whatever his shot does look better, a little quicker. And just, just like watching him like take shots in, in, in drills and stuff seems like he's not Evan Turnering it quite as much. It seems like it's co- coming up quicker and easier. But PJ Tucker was like, man, he's he's going to be really good. He's doing a lot of the stuff that young guys just don't do. And then, and defensively, like if you can play defense in this league and you're athletic enough, then there's a place for you somewhere. And I I hope that he can develop his shot and become like exactly what D'Anthony Melton does. I would I would tell him just like look at D'Anthony Melton all the time, be spying on D'Anthony Melton, break into D'Anthony Melton's house, like <laughs> steal his clothes. I would do I would every single thing that D'Anthony Melton is doing. Jaden Springer should also be doing. Every single thing, everyone, and because because Springer has has a potential to be because of because of his body, it's a very weird, like fucking dump truck body. Like he has the potential to be able to like Kyle Lowry ask guard way up because of how sturdy he is capable of being. He's also a better passer than Melton is. So like there's there's a lot of potential there. Obviously, the shot needs to be so much better. Obviously, the handle needs to be so much better and more confident. And he needs to just like generally have a clue of what's like how to exist in an NBA basketball game. But when it, when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, but man, any positivity, I'm fucking diving in. I'm happy to take it. I am happy to take it. One last uh, uh, point per game over under. Uh, DraftKings says Maxi at eighteen point eight. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they all seem high. They all seem high. they all seem high to me because I think that I mean maybe maybe if, if guys. You probably like bet on games, one and then, then, fate, then, and then like, bet the bet one over and then bet the other two under. I think is the right move, right? There's no there's know. no way all three of these guys go over. I think yeah, I think it would depend like on the kind of thing where, say, Embiid misses 15 games, sure. then obviously Maxi and Harden's points per game during those games will go up. But if we're assuming if we're assuming health, it's hard for me to imagine. That Embiid is over thirty, Harden is over twenty one, right? Twenty one point nine. No, Harden is over twenty two, and Maxi is over nineteen. Yeah, I agree. With you. It's it's just hard for me to to get there. Also, my last thing is, yep. um, they're they're comp- everyone's complimenting Matisse a lot. Yeah. So I don't know if they're if they're talking him up for a trade. <laughs> if Embiid is if Embiid is doing like, uh, you know, some front office gamesmanship. But everybody's talking about how much better Matisse got and how, how much how hard he's working, how much he's in the gym and stuff. And I did see one Matisse drive and, and kick that I was like, oh, that looked like how an NBA player drives and kicks. And so I didn't see it was truly one play that I saw him do that. But uh, between that and the quotes, it'd be helpful if he was better. It'd be helpful if he was better, whether it's for a trade or for like playing, you know, 15, 20 minutes a game as a as a useful player. You know, I, I actually want to keep talking about Thibault for one more second. Hold on. Um, uh, Adam Kasebe, the official realtor of the process, K-S-E-B-E. Uh, Adam is the king of the Delaware beaches. 
king of the Delaware beaches. You were thinking about a beach home? Don't go to Jersey, go to Delaware. You're thinking about getting a realtor? Get Kasabi and his team over at Long and Foster out in Bethany Beach. They'll hook you up Bethany, Lewis, Rehoboth. Um, I can never remember the young kid one that I, I don't go to. Um, Dewey, is that Dewey Beach? Yeah, that is Dewey Beach. Uh, he's the one. And it's an interesting um, uh, housing market right now in that, you know, there's fewer houses out there. Um, there's less people trying to get them because interest rates are higher. So you just, you need a great realtor. You need somebody who's going to know about these homes before anybody else does and who's going to lead you in the right direction. Kasebe is the person to do it. Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E. And I said Delaware rather than Jersey. Well, first of all, I think there's more better options in Delaware. Like I, I love the vibe in Delaware, but the property taxes are like 10% of what they are in Jersey. I'm telling you, Delaware is the place to go. Also, if you want to sell a home, Delaware, Maryland, Adam Kasabi and his team can take care of you. But if you're looking to buy or sell a home in PA, New Jersey, New York, any other state, you don't have a realtor that you trust, go to Adam Kasabi and he will find, he can't buy you a house, help you buy a house in New York. But what he will do or PA is he will find the realtor for you. He goes and he interviews them talks to you, finds out what you need. Then he interviews realtors and finds the best one for you. He's just the only realtor you need. 302-864-8643. 302-864-8643. That is his cell. Call or text him right now. I bet he answers right away. Or adam at processrealtor.com. Um, adam Kasebe, that is K-S-E-B-E. Um, AU wrote a, a thing about Thibault and, you know, Thibault was sort of like the apple of the fans' eye prior to Maxi. He was like yeah. the young player that everyone was just so positive on. And then it, for a number of reasons, it it definitely has fallen apart. It does seem like Ben aside, Simmons aside, the fall from grace for Thibault, um, even putting aside the unable to play in Toronto, but just like his overall play has been like probably in our nine plus years of doing this podcast, I think like the biggest fall from expectation to reality that we've, we've had, you know, like his first 10 games, it was like, man, who needs like Covington and blah, blah, blah. And this guy and blah, blah, blah. And he just, his inability to get any better at all has been stark. And it's just been, uh, it's just been interesting to see what our expectations were and then what they've become with him. Yeah. I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing with Ben. Like, Yeah. I, I am obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I'm very optimistic about prospects. I'm very optimistic about guys carving out a role and doing what they're like exemplary at and continuing to improve the other stuff in their game to where they are at least capable of hanging. And Matisse just didn't do that. Like he hasn't done it. He hasn't gotten better as a shooter. He hasn't gotten more willing as a shooter. He hasn't got better as a handle. He hasn't like figured things out much and his defense the like you know pick sixes and stuff are awesome the blocks from behind are awesome they're they're great but they're it hasn't he hasn't like too often he lets a guy go by him and thinks he can just recover and you want to see a little bit more of what D'Anthony Melton does which is like bodies guys up and like doesn't let anybody go anywhere um Matisse and Melton by the way have a rivalry that goes back to the Pac-12 when hmm. Washington and 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 uh, USC and Matisse won Defensive Player of the Year that Melton is still pissed off about, which is great. Um, and he so like, you know, same same thing with Ben. Like, if you have weaknesses, it's that's like, it's fine to have weaknesses. It's just you have to. We have to see you working to overcome them. Sure. And Embiid, when you look at Embiid and see how much better he's gotten, when you look at Maxi and see how much better he's gotten. B-ball Paul, I mean, I don't know if he's gotten better, just like been able to be more more of himself. We'll see if he, we'll see if he improves as the years go on. But like, you gotta, we gotta see it. We gotta see you working to give a shit to get better. And and Matisse didn't do enough. And plus, the vaccine stuff was just like really dumb. And him to not be able to play in the playoffs after he got one of the shots, it's just like, come on, man. It did. I think it soured on a lot of people. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it's better. Hopefully it's better. Um, before we get to Embiid becoming an American citizen, did you see the Evan Turner? Like I, I hated Evan Turner when he was here. Then when he left, I grew this appreciation for him because he's definitely dry and funny in a way that he like 
was I didn't recognize when he was here because he was so maddening as a player and so disappointing as a player. I it's annoying, but I I do respect his he still fucking hates Philadelphia so much. <laughs> Did you see the tweet when it was it was during the Eagles uh 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 commanders game and he said I remember when everyone in Philly was on Wentz's top when he was healthy in the MVP race and winning games. Some of y'all's timelines don't reflect that same energy, LOL. But I guess sports city gonna sports city shrug emoji. Like, he's just like, this is funny. As bad as it went with Wentz, like I know in his head, he's like, yeah, me and Wentz, the same thing. It's like... As bad as Wentz has gotten, you were never as good as Carson Wentz no, was he even. Wasn't. He and wasn't. I, he really wasn't. I, I never liked Wentz. This is not the same thing. He's doing a podcast, I think, with Andrea Godala. Have you heard yeah, that yet? For a while, yeah. Okay. Have you listened to it ever? Uh, I might have heard a clip. Okay. In the past, but they, you know, they're they've always kind of like had each other's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is odd because Evan was drafted to replace Andre, and then they just never traded Andre, and it sort of stunted stunted Evan a lot. Evan also just like he wasn't that good. Yeah, just wasn't that good. He it's great. I think that he would never get drafted number two at this. Is it crazy? Only twelve years ago, the twenty ten draft. Yeah, which is wild. Um, yeah, but the idea that like a three year college player with limited athleticism and a limited outside shot and a very limited hand like it's crazy that they drafted him at two. <laughs> Looking back at it. And it all seemed so natural, by the way. It seemed like it the seemed exact right pick. At yeah, time. I mean, reportedly that Doug Collins wanted Derek Favors, which would have been another fine, like he's had a fine career, just got traded in the in the most disappointing eight-player eight trade of all time. Yeah, so strange. Um, yeah, I wonder I wonder if there was more, if Favors would have went someone else, if he would have had more, more upside. Now he's just like, obviously, like a veteran role player type, you know, better Amir Johnson kind of thing, but... When he was younger, he definitely had, you know, especially defensively, a lot, a ton of potential. Was, yeah, sometimes they're just not good draft classes. I mean, Boogie was there, but also had his weaknesses. Yeah, Dra- drafting Evan at two, it just wouldn't happen. I mean, Wesley Johnson that high, like it just, you got to really, you got to be good at stuff. And then the past yeah. is kind of just like, oh, you're putting up numbers in a big school. Like that's that's good enough for us. Yeah, he was Naismith Player of the Year, right? Evan mm-hmm. Turner was. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, this is from ESPN, born in Cameroon, and Embiid said Thursday, and there's a, in this article, hidden, is a nugget that is more important than all of this, but Embiid said Thursday that he was sworn in as a U.S. citizen two weeks ago in Philadelphia. Um, the NBA scoring champion and 76ers all-star center said his family, Embiid and his Brazilian girlfriend, Ana de Paula, uh, have a two-year-old son, played a pivotal role in his decision. I've been here for a long time. My son is American. I felt like I'm living here and it's a blessing to be an American. So I said, why not? Um, when they asked him about playing for the U.S. in the Olympics or other international tournaments, he said, I just want to be healthy and win a championship and go from there. This was a question that we had brought when he got official French nationality status like two months ago? Are, are France and the U.S. going to have to fight over Embiid in the Olympics as we both beg them to stop and yeah. not have him play for either? Yeah. <laughs> like, wh- what are we doing? No. Us in between being like, okay, nobody gets him. Yes. Yes. No one Maybe we should with- start a country and get him to become a a citizen of that country and tell him he can play for us and then yeah. just not send the team. Let him coach. He yeah. can coach. He can hang out. No, I don't want that at all. I'm, I, but Embiid oh. is my favorite athlete of all time. I just, I want him to be happy so bad. I care about him so much. All time. Just the absolute best. I just, I couldn't, I, I would turn violent against anyone trying to harm him. I love, I love this man. I want him to feel, I want him to have everything he wants. Him and his kid and his, his girlfriend, right? He didn't get married, right? Right, correct. If he wants to be American citizen, if he wants to be French citizen, God, I'm just so happy for him. Like what I was saying to Zach last week, missed his first two years of his career. Yep. Seemed like first he was never going to play. Like it was a realistic thing to think he's never going to play. It was yeah. realistic to believe that. Very realistic. I remember being at summer league and getting the news that he's out for another year. Like, 
just he's had a rough he had a really really rough time in a bunch of ways and he was scoring champion last year should have been mvp he's got james harden wanting to come to philly pj tucker wanting to come to philly to play with him it's like he's the guy he has become the guy he's the man he's incredibly charming like we don't it's amazing that all of the things about him we get to we get to have i'm so happy for him that he's happy now win a fucking championship let's go so here is the thing that was buried in the article that I, I didn't see anybody else mention. And Bede said his thumb, quote, is still not the same. I did see that. I didn't like that. Didn't <laughs> you like can't that. control freak accidents. I need to keep on going. I'm only doing this for 20 years. Really? Like 20 years. Yeah. I, like I need to get in, it all in while I can. Yeah. Uh, now, Embiid is a bit of a, Embiid loves the dramatics of it mm-hmm. all. He does love saying that he was hurt. Uh, you know, he, yeah. But man, I just wish I hadn't seen that quote. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be him like anytime he gets hit, just like holding his hand again, holding it so tight. And you're just like, what's going on, man? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Because it went from being like prohibitive last year and then it just sort of like disappeared in the playoffs. It seemed fine, completely fine. Uh, and then it was back again. I was just like, I fucking hate it, man. I truly if, hate it. If Embiid, if if the Sixers win one one championship with Embiid, yeah, let's just let's say it's just one, just one, yeah. Let's say it's it's just simply just one. Okay. They put up like he gets a he gets a statue right like right outside. Yeah. Uh, like I, ab- for me, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I think if he gets a championship and like there's no following like weird, you know, uh, turbulent three years where he like, if there's nothing ugly after the championship. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, he ends up being probably their best player of all time. If he went, you know, like he, I I, I think you can talk about whether he's better or not than, um Iverson, uh, Dr. J, yada, yada, yada. But in terms of like greatness as a Sixer, those two have him beat, you know, just in terms of like legendary status. Mm -hmm. But I think if Embiid wins the championship, I think he probably, he just becomes the best Sixer of all time. I think he gets a a statue. I think that's fair to say. That'd be awesome. I would give him multiple statues. I would rename rename the arena. (laughs) no matter where it is. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, LL Pavorsky Jewelers, 294 we're at, writes to Ricky Sanchez listeners who have purchased rings from LL. LL sent me the note the other day that we were up to 294. Um, is actually, should I say this? Have they, they have not done, I'm just making sure. Very close to 300. If you're thinking yeah. about getting engaged, it'd be nice you to get that over 300. Clean what are you gonna give? What are you gonna give number three hundred straight from Mike? Big, <laughs> big smile. <laughs> um, big good job. I'm not gonna say any more information, even though Lee gave me more information about this person because I that it doesn't look like they're engaged yet. I don't know if he makes his potential fiance listen to the pod, whatever. But congratulations to number two ninety four. It's really a fucking crazy number when you think about it. Two hundred ninety four writes to Ricky Sanchez listeners getting engagement rings from LL. And it speaks mostly to LL's just greatness. Uh, like you can't walk into that store. Let's say you make an appointment for engagement ring. You walk in, you talk to LL and it's just so comfortable and so like honest and like caring like it's just genuine and most of the jewelry buying process in other stores is not that way everyone who goes in and talks to him ends up buying a ring from ll you can't go anywhere else that's how you stay in business over 30 years um and that's how you sell almost 300 rings to ricky listeners it's amazing um also a supporter of our providence animal center bark in the park team love ll here's the thing though if you want to get one of those rings if you want to be number 300 and get the smile from mike you got to make an appointment. Don't just show up at the store, make an appointment. He wants to be able to show you what you need to be shown. He wants to be able to make the proper time for you. So make an appointment, 215-627-2252. By the way, not just engagement rings, any sort of jewelry, you need an anniversary gift. My anniversary is coming up middle of this month. Um, you need a birthday present. You need a, just an I love you present. LL is where you go. Uh, you can send him an email, Lee at 
wait, is it Lee at LLPavorsky.com? Uh, or you can just tweet them at LLPavorsky. As I mentioned, a supporter of our charities, Providence Animal Center, Mama T's Community Fridge, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Let LL make an Embiid statue out of rose gold. <laughs> Uh, mailbag, uh, the Lorenzo Brown mailbag, writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 833-LICKFACE. That's 833-LICKFACE. Let's go to the voicemail first. Let me make sure the volume's up so I don't fuck this up like I always do. Hi, this is Rebecca. I, this really is not that big of a deal, but I am genuinely curious and I guess, concerned um, that Mike is the only person I've ever heard pronounce Mr. Cantor's first name as Enos. Uh, I guess it's possible that it's one of those situations where he uh, is the only one who knows actually the correct, you know, culturally, linguistically correct pronunciation, but just wondering if you... Mike just really love coming close to calling him penis or just saying that word. Um, that is so tangentially basketball related, but I guess non-basketball. Uh, how do you guys feel about camping, hiking? Are you outdoorsy people? Do you feel oneness in nature? Okay. Your pot is so weird. I love it so much. Bye-bye. Mike, are you calling Ennis Canner Enos because it sounds like penis? I don't know. Maybe there's a decent chance about it. It's worth it's worth the call out. I think other people pronounce it like that too. I, I agree with you. I, I when I first listened to the voicemail, I didn't know it was wrong. Um, but but when yeah, you look at I it, I probably should be saying Ennis. Yeah, that when you look at the spelling, it it's Ennis, not Enos. You know, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, is. it yeah. is pretty pretty close to penis. Yeah, that makes a good point. <laughs> um. Uh, email comes from Mark, right? Wait, Sanchez, you didn't, we didn't answer the camping thing. Oh, um, I personally, I was never a nature person. And then, um, you know, I think I've mentioned this like five, four or five months into the pandemic, there was nothing, you couldn't go anywhere, do anything. My brother and I met at a cabin in Colorado and just went camping because it was a way to do things without being near people uh, not camping, uh, hiking. And I realized that it, um, as a generally anxious person who has battled that for a number of years, that it made me calmer. And um, it, it was like something to do without actually doing anything, if that makes sense. It, it didn't make my brain work. And uh, I love it now. I don't want to camp. I don't want to sleep out there. And I think it's mostly because I don't want to get eaten by a bear or my back to hurt. But uh, I do, I have, bec I have uh, found an appreciation over the last few years of nature and hiking. Mike? Yeah, I like the I like the vastness of nature. Give me like a big mm -hmm. field. Yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere and stuff. Um camping wise, I did about ten years ago, went camping with my friends, two of my friends, and realized that I forgot my sleeping bag. So oh, that brutal. tells you my level of expertise yeah i knew i was supposed to bring one i just i it was just i didn't grab it i know exactly where it was so my friends as they got warm in the uh in their cozy little sleeping bags they would take off like a sweatshirt or sweatpants and just like give it to me next to them <laughs> laying in the middle of the, just like very cold like slowly assembling clothes throughout the night so uh, we know, but yeah, all right. CJ's about to pop in, look at, with like the coolest glasses on you've ever seen, like looking like Mr. Campman. What do we got, CJ? Just talk about it. Come on, CJ's uh, a nature guy. I wasn't gonna do it, but uh, <laughs> just just tuning in on um, camping. I, I think there's nothing better than waking up with like fresh air. Like that is the yeah. best sleep. Like yeah, you can definitely fuck your back up if you don't sleep properly, but you can also get like a sleeping mat. You can get a better. I have you know, a bad back. Like right. I, yeah, like I, I have a, you know, Hey, you might need surgery kind of back. So I, sure it, you know, like I, I live every day thinking if I step the wrong way, that might be it for me. So I understand what you're saying. So maybe I, not great for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but in general, that, that fresh air in the morning is yeah. uh, nothing better. Mr. Nature. 
Yeah. I the first time it's it's funny now thinking back about it. I, I did like um that hike that my brother and I took, but I think four or five years ago, my wife and I took a a vacation. We sort of like bounce off year to year who gets to pick where we're going to go because we have different interests in where we want to go. And we went to Portland because I wanted to go there and we went on a hike there. And I think it was the first time that I, you know, we're on some mountain in some fucking forest that I looked at it and I was like, wow, this is fucking crazy that this is just here. You know what I mean? Like when you live where people are all the time and then you go and you realize that most of the planet is like this. It's just like with, without people there and fucking, it's just like, uh, taking it in, looking at it, taking pictures of it, looking at it later. It is like the wonder of it is pretty crazy. You know, um, when we were in Colorado, the last time, every hike we went on, there were like significant warnings before we got on there. It was like, Hey, there are bears here. Um, there are a lot of bears. And if you see a bear, put your arms above your head and try to scare it. Unless it has cubs there, then fucking run. Like the warning was just like, there's no way if I saw a bear that, my, that I'm going to convince myself that the best thing to do is scare the fuck out of the bear. It's just, there's no way. I know it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, um, right. Sanchez at gmail.com. Um, this email comes from Mark. Hello, because this is the Lorenzo Brown mailbag. I think it's worth noting that Lorenzo Brown tore it up in Spain for Eurobasket. He's apparently their Michael Jordan. Um, yeah, he did. Lorenzo Brown did have a great Euro basket, which is amazing to see. I love it. Basketball question. How do you feel about PJ Tucker as a starter? It feels like most people assume he inherits the Danny Green spot, but I'm nervous about injuries at his age. We got him to be a playoff motherfucker. And in my opinion, it would be foolish to play him more than 15 or 20 minutes off the bench in most regular season games. Uh, I mean, 15 is, is not going to happen, Love. but I wouldn't yeah. mind him being a nominal starter as a sign of respect and uh, status and stuff and him playing like 24, you know, I don't mind yeah, I just, in, in, in regular season games. Like I don't, I don't, I definitely don't want him getting up to like 35 in like a December game. Who gives a fuck about that? Like he should, it should be monitored because especially as we said last week, like this is the deepest Sixers team that I've, I've ever seen. And so it's like, let's, let's really count on, that depth to not have to play these guys major minutes and give them rest day from time to time, like those kinds of things. But I think, you know, they got them to start. I mean, they're going to start them. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't know if you are aware, um, the coach of the Sixers, um, and his commitment to playing guys a lot. It just seems that PJ Tucker is definitely for the first three weeks of the season going to average 36 minutes a game. no, Yes, he is. No. There's there's like no way around it. I like and by the way, I think he wants to play. I sure, he just seems like one of those guys that we're just gonna play him until he can't play anymore, uh, to some extent. But he's you say you don't want to play thirty five minutes a game. He's gonna play thirty five minutes every game. No. It can't happen. <laughs> he's going it to. Can't. There's like there's no doubt in my mind. It just cannot happen. Over under um, minutes per game, twenty nine point one, PJ Tucker. That's what it is, or that's what no. That's what I'm setting it as. There's no way there's for the season. Yeah, I think probably. I think probably over. I think probably over. But but if it's thirty, that's fine. I'm fine with thirty. I'm fine Mm. with thirty. Okay, I'm fine with thirty. But if it's thirty five, thirty four, just like he doesn't need to. Mm. He doesn't need to. He doesn't. Non basketball question: If you were having a guest over for dinner, what's the most impressive thing you are capable of cooking them? Um, Alyssa's a better cook than me by a lot, but I'm, I'm good at breakfast. I'm a good, I'm a good breakfast guy. So when she, she'll have friends over for breakfast and I will cook for everybody and that feel, it makes me feel good. makes me feel nice. I am a good omelet maker. Um, I would say that my favorite thing to cook that seems impressive, but isn't really is this pasta dish where I make the sauce. It's basically like a, uh, like an, a serve an Alfredo sauce with no dairy in it. So it's like nice. based with avocado, basil, garlic, pepper, um, and then use bucatini, which is definitely the best pasta. It's fucking awesome. Maybe throw a few Kalamata olives on there. It's very easy to make, but it seems impressive and it looks good. Um, I, I do have a, I have a quick coaching oh story. Oh speaking okay. of talk, speaking of 
Oh, you? So we, it's my coach? Me. It's okay. me as head coach. We did improve to 2-0. and Yep. Which felt, which felt great, to be honest. It was a tough game. The other team was hitting a bunch of shots. So okay. battled back. And the story is... Oh, boy. At one point, I just as the ref was walking by to go to like continue the game i just said hey ref watch their physicality because they started every on drives getting a little bumpy a little bit a little bit you know just slapping hands that kind of thing wait a minute and so I was like, you who want the refs to let everyone play are trying to work the refs yeah to- i'm helping my i'm helping my team out man i'm just i'm trying to do what it's got to be so i said hey ref watch the physicality truly <laughs> Did not raise my voice, was not berating him, was not being a dick. I said, hey, ref, watch the physicality. He stops the game to say, don't tell me how to do my job. Oh. And, I'm like, and I'm like, man, I'm just asking for, for calls for my team. He's like, are you an accredited high school referee? Oh, shit. And I'm like... No, I'm just asking for the calls. Just make the calls and we're fine. And he just kept doing it. And Alyssa's friend was there and he was like, truly, you, it seemed like you were being so polite from the other side of the court. I wasn't like getting in his face. All I was just being like, yeah, man, I'm just asking for a call. Like, that's it. Just asking for a call. And he was, this guy was so on such a power trip that all fucking referees are on. And especially when they're refereeing, at least in my experience, women's games that they feel like women have to act like little like Catholic schoolgirls that you mustn't, you mustn't say anything bad to the Mr. Referee, big bad referee. And he was just like, he also had like one of those gator masks that at this point was like, what are you, what are you wearing a gator mask for, man? Like you're pulling it down. Like that's not doing anything. He's just such a loser. I also saw this ref like shoot with like a kid that didn't want to be shot with. And like he airballed, like, and the kid was like, <laughs> wow, very look at you just fucking obliterating this guy. This ref fucking sucks, man. He doesn't give a shit at all. He doesn't it's, care that like the other, the, the players give a shit. He just wants to be like respected with his little bitch whistle. Like, fuck Whoa. this guy. I hate this guy. Wow, this fuck is refs. really the Operation bad. Flagrant Foul. <laughs> this is Operation Flagrant Foul. He's awful. <laughs> I hate him. I hate refs. I hate him. I hate refs. <sighs> Oh, this mask, this ref tor- turned you into an anti-masker. I just, I, I never thought I oh, would no, see just, that. Oh, no, just the, it's a, the gator. The, like, where, what is that doing? What is that? Do- I mean, look, if it's like four, three, two years ago, you could wear that. But like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? That's a, that's, that's a fake thing at this point. But the- yeah. Are you an accredited high school referee? No, man. I have no? morals. Wow. I have a higher opinion of myself this than a that. moral issue accredited high school referee are they must be just giving out accreditations to fucking everybody then because you blow at your job and as a person whoa you're attacking him as a person are you as a person absolutely he's a ref do you think it's possible he was on the take sort of like donahy uh no i don't think i don't think that there's enough enough money involved to be betting on uh recreation uh la women's leagues here but um I think if this is pure, like, n- not, um, he's not compromised by any money or any power, any, anything like that. He's just compromised by his own piece Pride. of shittery. Just right. like being a, being a total, like, prideful dick. Yeah. Final, final question. Um, Accredited high school ref. Get, fucking blow me. What a loser. Oh my God. I hate him. I hate refs. I hate them. I wasn't even being bad. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't being, being like, come on. I wasn't like yelling at him. I said sure one thing. Hey, man, watch the phys- physicality. I wasn't. That's all I said. Hey, ref, watch the physicality. That's it. Just be mindful of it. Final email comes from JP. Hey, Spike, Mike, and part-time groupie. Protecting CJ. my team. <laughs> Two and oh. Watch actually, Doc Rivers better watch himself because I am hot. Actually, uh, voicemail, 833-LICKFACE is the number. Hey, guys. Uh, it's John from San Diego. Uh, what song do you like best? Uh, Here Come the Sixers or Fly Eagles Fly? I mean, two great songs. Let's just establish it. I know Spike doesn't like Here Come the Sixers. He's I wrong. It. It's I a, it's a tremendous song and a beautiful song and played after wins. Fly Eagles Fly is more fun to sing with people. Yeah. Here Come the Sixers is more fun to hear, I would say. 
I, I hate Here Come the Sixers. Um, and I think Fly Eagles Fly is the perfect song because it is easy to remember the words. It's short. It ends in spelling out the team name. And also it fucking irritates the fans of the other team. Sure. Like really bad. So, But um, Here Come the Sixers is indisputably a better song. It, it is. There's I mean, more I, like tune to it. There's more musical talent to it. Fly goes fly more fun to sing at the game. Here come the Sixers more fun to hear as you're walking out feeling good. Basketball question. Can we refer to outrageous dunks as quote, throwing it back from now on a, a, uh, a nod to the fat ass white girls. Who are throwing oh. it back in the tweets <laughs> that talk like? <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't sure what that was referring to. Sure. Yeah. All right. We will talk to you Wednesday night after the. So the preseason game, the first preseason game is Monday. I I think we are. It's been undersold because people are looking to the regular season game that Monday is against the Nets. With Ben. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then we will do a. I mean, I am right. Right. It's it's. I'm 99.9% sure. Hold on. Yeah. Sixers yeah. Nets at 7.30 Eastern. So, and then Wednesday night, we will do a pod after Sixers Cavs. So, uh, so we have basketball. Let the excitement and dread battle for your soul. We will talk to you Wednesday night. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I, 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 I